Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. We always knew it was coming, but it was on full display this weekend. The perils of Premier League fandom. So many draws. Draw City. I just can't handle it. <laughs> I just, draw City. I guess it would be different if I grew up with it. I just find draws so so disheartening. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they've, their system and the points. So you get points for, you know, for instead of a a win is a point it is a win is three points and a draw is one point you know so i guess it makes sense there because you got a point that's what anyone will say after a draw is i got a point not like it was a draw you know we're so focused as americans on the fact that it's a draw and then people in who are fans are like well we got a point off them wow your team is second i know and it's it's not it's not the most illegitimate second. It, I mean, it's it's an extremely illegitimate Four second, wins. but they should they belong in the middle. They belong out of the relegation. Zone. Yeah, I have low fear that I have low fear that they're going to get relegated when you've got <laughs> Burnley, Sheffield, Fulham, West Brom. Like, no, they're staying up. Yeah, baseball. Yes, LCS is over. LCSs are over. Uh, I guess congratulations to the Rays and Dodgers. We picked the Astros, a little disappointing there. We picked the Dodgers, though, so way to fight back. Um, <laughs> sad to see the Braves go, not sad to see the Astros go. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, well said. I mean, I, I liked the Astros before all this cheating stuff came out because I did sort of like, I was on the bandwagon a little bit early that they were going to be really good before they won the World Series. And I, I like Jose Altuve. I liked Jose Altuve. Um, never liked Correa though, and never liked Bregman, and most of the starting pitching that I did like, like the Charlie Mortons, are gone. So I want to like Lance McCullers, if that counts. Oh my God! I was, I had this image of what the Charlie Morton versus Lance McCullers was going to look like, and I turned on the TV and I was like, "Who is this homeless bum out here <laughs> pitching for the Astros? Did they already go to the bench?" And I was like. <laughs> That's McCullers? What? Yeah. When did this happen? Lockdown has not been kind to McCullers. <laughs> Lockdown treats people in very different ways. Yeah. Oof. He, he used to be a clean-cut fellow. He's like, I, I, I know. know what happened to him. Looks like Johnny Damon on the Red Sox. A little bit. Yeah, the long hair mixed with the beard just being like, he's a gentleman who can grow a beard, clearly. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we have to pick... A World Series winner. Uh, I th- I think that odds are. I'll say this first. I think odds are that it's going to be done by the time we talk next. Yes. There are only five games between now and Monday. Oh. I'm pretty yes. sure. Okay. I feel like this is going to be a four-one series, but I'm not sure which way. <laughs> I'm pulling for the Dodgers. I I think I think it's the Dodgers. I know I. 
I think it's the Dodgers, but like a, there's a part of me that says it's going to be the Rays. I, I don't know. So, I mean, are you confident enough to say, to actually say it's going to be the Rays? What are the odds on it? One out of three times the Dodgers win. Uh, one out of three times the Rays win. And two out of three times the Dodgers the, win. Oh, yes. The, and then two out of three times the... Um, see, I think it's more often that the Rays win out of that than one out of three. I I mean, <laughs> this is the thing, right? This is... This is always what happens when you're looking when you're looking at odds because there's like I I agree with you. I think it's probably like 60/40. <laughs> like it, if you played 100 of these, the Rays win 40. But the the Dodgers still win 60. <laughs> like like the differential between going from 70 or 67% to 60% is I I just think I don't, the Dodgers are I still going to win. Like, I think it's more like 55-45. No way. And I was I watching that Astros. I mean, I watched more of the Astros uh, um, Rays series. Even though it went seven games, I was never doubting the Rays were going to win it in seven <laughs> games. It was like they put out the statistics here and they figured out that they cannot lose in these last four games, they cannot lose four of them. <laughs> I I agree. They played a completely statistical game. And I'm just saying that that's not going to work against the Dodgers. Because in a statistical setting, they just... you Are better. Yeah, the Dodgers <laughs> are just better. The Dodgers are just a really good team. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to share some sad news. And then... <laughs> We'll talk about where we go from here. The sad news is that we did not get our abstract accepted for Sloan. Well, I didn't increase the odds by submitting one, so that's as much on me as... I think they finally saw through the fact that we had to do all of the work. (laughs) Still. I would say in previous years, we've been able to, I think, mask that a little bit better. I think rereading the abstract for this, it was apparent like, ah, these guys really haven't done the work. The tool maybe exists, but like what's going to happen with it? We were talking last week about what the thesis of the paper should be. So it's probably not a good, even, (laughs) even if you're a quarter of the way through the work, you probably have like, okay, I have a thesis within one, one or two sentences. And we didn't have that. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, yeah, yep. And the the question is just like, well, what do we what do we do with that? <laughs> like, what do we do? I mean, I think this project's really interesting in the sense that I actually think this is an a fun data a fun data project that we should do. And now we're not as hamstrung by needing to write a paper. But I'm I'm already looking ahead to next year and thinking like, well, how do we how do we strategize about coming up with a really good question going into next year? And so I told you, I shot this idea that maybe it was something about spring training and preparation. And I wanted to look at the, I'm very interested in the first couple of outings and whether they're distinctly different from the outings of a pitcher over the course of a season. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I again, I think that's I, I think that's hard. I don't think it's impossible. I, I mean, yeah, we're just. I mean, maybe I'm just reiterating the fact that we're not far enough in this project to know what we're gonna get. <laughs> Right. Like I just I just keep doubling down on like I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um so we should we just try it. And we have a lot of time to try it now. <laughs> I I that sounded sadder than I meant for it to sound. <laughs> yeah. I, uh yeah, that sounded significantly more bummed out. But I mean, yeah, I am bummed out. I guess I should I should reiterate that point. But will I miss the early December frantic rush to actually put text in maybe no. not no 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 so in other words we, we should write three papers before next september and then we should create abstracts for them i i mean yeah that's basically where i'm coming at this is like i actually think we should write papers we should, we should actually do what they think we're what they think we're supposed to do, <laughs> which is or at the very least we should outline papers. Yeah, right. We should do what they think we're going to do, which is actually have most of the paper done. And um, we just didn't have that. Since we're still talking about this project, though, I will give you some updates because um, I don't know. Interesting stuff happened before we got rejected. I was actually working on stuff and. Um, I still am working on stuff, actually. I should I should say that. So I decided one of the things... I mean, we're, we're talking about this and trying to be clever with um, small data sets, but it's also nice to show how robust our example is and throw everything at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we're still trying to work on the, the this idea of pitch fingerprinting and then decide what to do from there. So when we left off last, we were talking about trying to find the locus of these pitches in some sort of higher dimensional data space. And that's what we've done now officially as of, as of today. And then we can, we can argue about the next steps. So I took all uh, 600,000 pitches from the 2019 season and trained the PCA model on those to ask how well we could distinguish between, between different types of pitches. And, and uh, it's it's very robust, actually. It's remarkably it's remarkable how robustly this is able to separate. I'm just going to tell you exactly what we what I put into it. Okay, so I put in the uh, release position in X and Z space, where it crosses the plate in X and Z space, the velocity, the initial velocity the acceleration, how it changes over time, and the spin rate. So we dump all of those vectors in, which is 11 quantities, and they are able to very efficiently separate pitches okay. in PCA. What I then did was I, I separated how they tagged them in the... So it's kind of a nice training set because we also have the tags that they applied to these, to the pitches. And so if you separate based on those and then ask where the locuses are, loci are in this PCA space, you can see all these very distinct um, clouds of points. 
so I should so this is the same stretch in, in all of these. It's the same two dimensional space. And just asking where pitch is tagged for with all of these different um, pitch types where they're actually located in the space. I very rapidly figured out that you have to separate right-handed and left-handed pitchers. <laughs> because of the yes, the release point. Yeah, because there, there's a there's a there's a guaranteed directionality in here. So I'm going to try and think about what we can do. What we can do to homogenize them, um, but I'm I'm not I'm not sure yet. And to some extent, I'm not not even positive that we do want to homogenize them. But it made me start to think about splitting the training sample in a more intelligent way. Like maybe we care about how they pitch to left-handed batters or how they pitch to right-handed batters. Like maybe we actually want like a you know four by four or a two by two box of pitcher to batter. Is it a box or is it a matrix? Well, we're going for colloquialisms here, so no, <laughs> uh, it is a matrix. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Let, let's get let's get some <laughs> thoughts. Let's get some thoughts from you on on this on this data space. So uh, I I did what we said, which was I actually now I put these in I put them in density space so you can see lighter colors correspond to more pitches in that exact place. The idea being that, okay, now we can actually pick out the locus from these figures. SI is... Sinker. I thought it was a two-seam fastball. So, they're... <laughs> Between 2019 and 2020, <laughs> StatCast changed their nomenclature. There is, in 2020, there is no such thing as a two-seam fastball. As a sinker. Oh, okay. In 2019... Oh, I thought it was the other direction. They unfortunately included both sinkers and two-seam fastballs, which is... Okay. incredibly annoying let me tell you like okay so we are going to only have one we're going to aggregate two seam and sinkers from 2019 into sinkers compare the two unless okay. unless they end up being wildly different in data space which they haven't thus far in the model as constructed Mike, I mean, that's the one question that I'm very interested in right now um, is, and if, if we don't have this paper looming over our heads, maybe that's something that we need to figure out. Is there a difference between a two-seam fastball and a sinker that we can, that we can suss out? Okay. We keep on saying it. Fair and enough. It's just like, let's, All right, let's just do it. Let's, okay. All right. Let's Project do it. for the week. Let's, let's do it. And you tell me what I need to do for us to be able to do that because I want to know. Um, whether we can see a distinct difference between the two of them using this method. Let's split it out four by four, uh, two by two matrix. Uh, is there such thing as a sinker and a two seam fastball? Let's do it. I, I want to well, know that. They've obviously decided that there isn't, <laughs> right? Because I know, but let's, <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, Mr. Wilmond, what is Wilmond. it? Wilmond. Yeah. Darren Wilmond. We'll, we'll Darren. really tweet at him. Uh, <laughs> Wilmond is the uh, producer on Top Gear, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, Mr. Wilmond. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Yeah. Yes, this is this is showing. So the and we'll I'll try to get this up on Twitter. This does show the different places and data space that these these exist, which is pretty good. What immediately comes to mind is where do these intersect and are those successful or unsuccessful pitches there's a lot of overlap in these i mean you, you can you can just sort of 
translate them by eye and you can see where things are going to be overlaps. Like sinkers and fastballs have pretty hefty overlap. I mean, the, the centroids, yeah. the centroids are different, which is interesting. But what does it mean when your sinker starts to encroach into your four seam fastball territory? <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yep. Yeah. Is it a good thing or a bad thing globally as well? Yeah, I mean, so we have a we have a working hypothesis now, which is that the locus is actually where you want the pitch to go, where you want the pitch to show up in data space. And everything, like distance from that, is inaccuracies or something that's, or non-idealisms or something. But we don't have any way to prove that yet. But do we have, we have outcomes? We do, but I haven't touched sort of way, anything with right. outcomes because it is an ill-posed problem currently to me i know because i keep on thinking i keep on coming at this from the a geographical sense which you can do this is a 2d problem which actually simplifies geography a little bit some of the tools that they're using geography but a lot of this is these are things that a lot of people talk about they'll go give me a heat map of of the population of blah and it's like what you're really asking for is an a, it's not a heat map, but <laughs> what you're really asking for is like, where are what I think what we're wanting to do, number one, is you have it here represented graphically where the pitch distributions are. All right. Mm -hmm. We need to, we need to actually delineate, um, quantitatively what that means. This is, these are, these are the distributions um, quantitatively of the different pitches. Then we have to look within that space. Is there, um, is the outcome random within that space or is it, or is there some level of autocorrelation? Right. Exactly. There is a level of autocorrelation. Let's, show that these are the these are the locations within here and then we need to figure out why <laughs> yeah. that would be the case right and the why is of course going to be the increasingly difficult part of the problem i think why <laughs> the other thing so i guess um a concrete step to take with this is to look at outcomes across all pitchers Remember, this is this is every single right-handed pitcher, and we know that they're very much not not equal in ability. And so I'm kind of mm -hmm. thinking about whether there's a way that we should be dividing this up by by pitchers. And I guess if you look at the, for example, the knuckle curve actually has two different density peaks. Oh, really? Yeah, which indicates which suggests to me that there actually are multiple types of knuckle curves out there and we might yeah, there we are. might need to separate yeah. the we might need to separate the pitchers i mean if you actually look at the four seam fastball there's a few pockets of um where somebody's four seam fastball looks totally different than everybody else's and i need to isolate who they are and why i'm all yeah and i'm a little bit concerned about what this like um, oh, there's like vertical yep. strip is in the changeup. Yeah, looks like a total looks like a total caustic. I I totally agree. I my guess is that it's a my guess is that data it's problem. A, well, 
yeah, I think I think that there's going to be a data problem there. I just don't know why. I mean, there is some pollution in the Statcast data set. Like there are actually there's... there are actually NANs, which is super annoying. <laughs> and are you getting those out? Yeah. Are you sorting them out? All right. Okay. Yes. Let's let's tackle the two seam versus sinker question. Deal. And I'm going to give you the technology to. Well, it's actually quite easy now because I've I've pulled down all the data and categorized it, so we don't have to keep hammering the Statcast server. You're welcome. Well, that's not as fun. I know, but but I definitely got throttled over the weekend, so it's good too. It's good to not <laughs> good to not run into those. Why is someone from Scotland? Hitting our server so hard. I know. They're probably quite upset about it. All right. Good tasks for the week. I think that about brings us to the review session. The Rays bullpen. Now, the reason that I'm having and hawing here, because the Rays had 12 guys get saves during the course of the year. <laughs> get a yeah. save, I should say. They only had five guys get saves. And of that, Nick Anderson had the most at six Diego Castillo had four so I think those are the two that you can like legitimately say all right these guys are more likely than the others to go in for an actual closer spot and if you look at Nick Anderson I guess he's the only one that's got his is he the only one that's gotten a save in the playoffs he's got a save in the playoffs. I don't know I don't even know where to look for that to be able to find that uh, we'd have to actually we'd have to very annoyingly punch through a lot of stuff. I think baseball reference might have it, but I, I just I'm not there yet right now. I'm <laughs> just not there right now. Well, <laughs> go for your. Get... <sighs> that is amazing that they had so many guys who got saves this year. It, it's it really does. It shows you two things. Number one, that they're out there ahead of this because usually on teams it doesn't work. Right, a lot of teams that do bullpen by committee, it it doesn't end up working. Having the guy at the end of the game who knows that he's going to go out there, you know, as much as like the stat people say that it doesn't matter, it does. You know, to certain people, um, I know those people are usually the kind of people that want to close a game with flames, with loud yes, music, as, et cetera. As we have extensively discussed. <laughs> Versus the guy who's like, I'm going to go out for the eighth inning, I'm going to throw a couple balls, whatever. You know, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, the game's on the line here, and I actually need you to go out there because this is a matchup. You know, that guy's like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we the different kind of players everywhere. but And it's pretty amazing that they were able to really get everybody involved there. In the meantime, actually, I discovered that Diego Castillo actually has two saves in the postseason. <laughs> Nick Anderson as well. Ah. So I that's interesting. Let me. Am I misremembering this? I don't really like Diego Castillo. Oh well, I think I think there's good reason. He's not a particularly good pitcher. His fit, his ERA this year was one point six six. But his his FIP is four point five three, so you know, a little bit of nail biting. Because <laughs> he, he's got, he's that guy that has some pitches that are like, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
like way to go. And then you also, I just have this memory of that look on his face when it goes wrong. (laughs) Just there's certain guys like the Kershaw, the Kershaw sad face when it it's going wrong. Like Diego Castillo, I just have it in my head of like him owning him on a fantasy team and seeing him have that face where he's like, I just gave up the home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just need a cam of his face and then I'll know exactly what's happening in the game. I'm like, oh man. There's one of that this series, wasn't there? When, what, didn't he give up a... So, <laughs> I have you... There's a thing that I've noticed about the Rays bullpen. And that is that they are all really tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, like really tall. Like... Like the third guy that we possibly talked about, Aaron Sleggers, Sleggers rather, is six ten. That is that is really really tall for a baseball player. It is. Yeah. Because I was I was surprised because you know Nick Anderson I mean? is six five. And Diego Castillo is six three. I think he's not a short guy. Yeah, six three. Yeah, I mean it's just like Oliver Drake is six four. These are this, what's going on here. Did they, is this their money ball? Give us the tallest relievers? Release point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That much closer. They they did some analysis and they decided that it's better to not change the release point over the course of the game. <laughs> How great would that be? <sighs> <laughs> Let's focus on Nick Anderson for a minute. Okay. Is is my, Nick Anderson my pleasure? Is Nick is Nick Anderson the best pitcher in their bullpen? I think so. I think the biggest thing is he has the most um, directly translatable skill set to another team. Yes, I yeah I agree with that. You put him on the twins and tell him you're going to be our closer. I think he's going to be able to translate very well. If you do that with Diego Castillo, I don't know that he is going to be as successful. And I guess the the twins is probably a bad example because they are, they're turning into a smarter team. You're still behind. I mean, you're still behind. Come on. But, um, well, what? I, I guess. Yeah, but whatever team Ron, Ron Gardner got fired from was it Detroit? Yes. He didn't. He didn't get Maybe fired. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but if you switched him with my boy Jimenez, like, I think that Nick Anderson would do extremely well. Okay, and I, I actually, I, I completely agree with that. His K per nine this year was fourteen point three. It's pretty it's freaking amazing. good. That's pretty. That's pretty freaking good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. So yours. Whereas I guess what I'm saying is I like Diego Castillo. I guess he's only 26 years old. I'm sure that he could one day. He could be a elite closer. I don't think that he's there right now. In that, I think they put him in really good positions to succeed. Now that they know who he is, this is his third full. This is 
full <laughs> his third real year in the bigs um they know how to use him and they're using him very well uh but again i still think that there's there are a couple of pitches where he just gets away from him i think he's probably the second my f- second favorite in this but he's not gonna be i don't think that he's gonna be fantasy relevant fair do you, yeah i mean that's that's actually the most relevant question is how many of these guys are actually fantasy relevant because i think nick anderson for sure is anyone else fantasy relevant on this team is fairbanks is a guy that I looked at. Well, he got no saves this year. Came up a couple times. He got he came up a couple times in my analysis, but is he, he got a great cape or not? Right. Is he? Um, and he has six wins. He got six wins this year. Is he? They're using him as an opener, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about traditional end of the game people. Oh, Pete Fairbanks has three saves in the playoffs. There we go. That's insane. Everybody has gets saves. All their games have been close. He got zero saves. He got zero saves in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I take it back. I had I had not paid attention to his stats. He's 6'6", by the way. <laughs> this team is insane. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So who are we going to do this week? <laughs> well, hand has been forced. We're watching the Dodgers. Yep. Uh, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.